Welcome to the Shalhaba Community Church Podcast. We hope you're encouraged by the following message. So Vision Sunday, we, uh, we'll, uh, we'll begin with that in a couple of minutes time. But yeah, just, just uh, so a privilege for us to be here yesterday praying with all the other churches and leaders um, across the Illawarra, which was awesome. And um, this morning, it's a great honor to be able to share um, uh, Vision Sunday with you today, uh, share some things um, about where we are as a church and about where we're headed um, as well. A few people that we need to pray into um, uh, leadership positions as well, really thrilled about that. First person I'd love to pray for is Chrissy Kirchberg this morning. Give her a round of applause, everyone. Chrissy... um, Chrissy is taking up, how's that shoulder? I want to pray for healing for that this morning, right now. Hallelujah. You know, we met the other day, and I, and I, and I was just disobedient. Not in, a, not in a rebellious way, but I felt the Holy Spirit said, pray for her shoulder. And I didn't do it, but I'll do it now. Hallelujah. But Chrissy, uh, Chrissy is taking on the role as um, network um, coordinator, network team leader in our church. The network team leader is a group of people that are at the door uh, that in general just make people welcome in the life of the church and so Chrissy will be heading that team up and uh, so thrilled for this um, appointment but just if we could just pray for you this morning father I just thank you in Jesus name Lord with every appointment there is an anointing to lead and father over Chrissy's life today in Jesus name I just thank you for releasing her in this role can I just have a man Please, just releasing her in this role. I thank you, God, um, for her desire to be used by you in this capacity. I just pray that you give her strategy, you give her wisdom, you give her insight. I pray right now for her shoulder as well, Lord. I thank you in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Be healed. Every part of this shoulder, Lord, I just thank you right now. Right now, Jesus, you said, lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. We do that in your name. Shoulder be healed. Hallelujah. Jesus, mighty name. Hallelujah. Awesome. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. It's good. Something's going on there in that little spot. Hallelujah. Church is a bit weird sometimes, but needs to be real, doesn't it? God's real. And now in my mind, I'm thinking, how do I step back to the pulpit? <laughs> like this. Glory to God. Hallelujah. You happy? So again, it's a great privilege to share Um, aspects of the vision. Um, A couple of years ago, the church here celebrated 30 years in existence in Shell Harbour. 30 years in existence. I mean, it's just an awesome celebration. And um, if if you haven't seen that, you can go to our website and download um, the um, the 30-year celebration there as well. And I'm really thrilled about that. Um, I always like to to, uh, start by saying that before we talk about the future, it's always so healthy for us to reflect on the past as well. And uh, the truth is today, Shell Harbour Community Church would not be the church that it is today, uh, except for all the people that have gone before us. There are so many men and women that have, that have given so much, that have sacrificed so much, that have, that, have, that have poured their heart and their life into this local church that aren't here today, that have passed on to glory, 
But I wanted to make recognition of them today. Um, in particular, I see Thelma. Lynette, Thelma, put your hand up if you would. Not many people would know Thelma. I love Thelma. Um, Thelma, um, Thelma's husband, Keith, passed away a number of years ago after a, a, a long battle with cancer, but he's in glory today. Uh, but Keith was one of the most faithful um, um, servants in the house of God. Uh, I never saw it, but apparently they used to dance in the second row there to the, in the praise and worship. I never got to see that. Uh, but I just wanted to honour uh, Thelma this morning and Keith for their contribution over many, many years as well. And the reality is today that they've left a legacy for us. And this morning, uh, each of us, as we're here today, uh, we have an opportunity to, to keep sowing into the life of this local church as well. And therefore build a legacy for those that are coming in the future as well. Amen. So the vision of um, Shell Harbour Community Church is uh, phrased in um, one simple statement, uh, empowering people to live Christ-centered lives. All that we do uh, as a church needs to be filtered through that statement there. Our vision is simply empowering people to live Christ-centered lives. Um, the mission of our church is reflected uh, through four words. Uh, we see a people, firstly, connecting with God and with others. We see a church, a group of people, a congregation of people that are connecting with God and with one another. The second um, word in our mission statement is engaging um, their world for Christ. We see a group of people that are committed to engaging their world for Christ. It was so healthy yesterday at the prayer um, the prayer um, 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 day that we had, people would come and pray, then they were going um, out door knocking, they'd come back and bring their, re their reports. It was just so inspiring. But we as a church need to be engaging our world for Christ. The third word that we have that reflects the mission of our church uh, is activating. We see a group of people that not only um, um, are aware of the gift of God on their lives, but they're activating the gift that God's given them. Amen. In fact, um, in two Sunday mornings time, we're releasing a series that will run for probably about 10 weeks and it's called Unwrapping Your Gift. Every person is called by God and is gifted by God. Amen. So that's the third word that reflects our, our uh, mission. And the last uh, word that reflects our mission statement is the word partnering. We see a group of people that are partnering together, um, 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 just locally, but also globally as well. And I'll talk a little bit about what that looks like at the end of our uh, short time together. Um, today, 10 years on, uh, Rachel and I still count it the greatest privilege uh, to be pastors of um, Shell Harbour Community Church. We certainly count it as a great honour uh, and a great journey. This, this truly is uh, a magnificent local church and we are so honoured to be uh, in this season being able to steward it. Um, previous to this, we were pastors in Newcastle. Uh, we ran a church together there for 10 years. It was called City Life Church. Um, I was in Newcastle for uh, 17 years, seven years prior to meeting Rachel. And uh, we always say to people that we met in the back of a four-wheel drive, and um, what that meant is that Rachel was sitting in the back of the four-wheel drive and I shook her hand for the first time. Awesome. Move on. Okay. So we'd, uh, we uh, basically, Rachel and I um, uh, met, uh, I was um, running the youth ministry, and, and long story short, we met, we were married um, six months later, and then um, we went on a two-week honeymoon, came back, and we became the senior pastors of, Shell, uh, of um, City Life Church, Newcastle. That really was uh, a huge, wild ride for us. 
uh, new in the ministry, uh, but God was gracious and uh, we're not too beaten up today. Amen. Over that uh, 10-year period um, in Newcastle, uh, by the grace of God, the church tripled in size and became known as one of the healthiest back then uh, COC churches or Christian Outreach Centre churches uh, in New South Wales. If you have a look up there, there should be a little screen of the church. If we could just have the next screen, that would be great. Um, uh, bald me, Rach in the middle, little Josiah there, and Mary used to be our uh, assistant pastor in Newcastle back in the day. It was the um, Newcastle, it was the original Newcastle basketball stadium. It was pretty wild. Uh, we'd have meetings and there used to be rats that would run behind you as you were preaching. I mean, back in the day, it was really, really old school, but we renovated the church and very proud of uh, the way we were able to lead uh, leave the church. Uh, we loved Newcastle dearly, absolutely loved it. Um, part of the church, as I said, for uh, 17 years and uh, being in a church that long, as many of you have been and would know, you build lots of relationships and friendships over that period of time. But in uh, October, excuse me, of June of 2008, uh, we were asked by our national oversight if we would move to Shell Harbour. And um, at first we said no, uh, we're not moving. We'd just arrived in, uh, we'd been in Newcastle, we had a lovely home uh, in a really nice suburb. Uh, we weren't too far from the boat ramp. I mean, all of our ducks were lined up. And uh, we said no, and um, we had a bit of pressure applied to us from some other um, um, National Oversight members, not in a negative way, but you know, the fishing's good in Shell Harbour and all that sort of stuff as well. And we continue to say no, but over a six-week period, um, it was a really strange journey for Rachel and I. We went through um, uh, an, an incredibly emotional roller coaster. We, we would, would, would feel depressed and, and we'd start crying and, and all sorts of stuff over a six-week period. And at the end of a six-week period, we felt that God said uh, that we were to say yes to coming to Shell Harbour. And as we look back now, uh, we just really believe that the Lord was leading us through a grieving process and we didn't even know about it. Didn't even know about it. That's how good God is. The day that we left Newcastle, um, we packed the, the, the van, uh, the, uh, the uh, removalist truck up and uh, I was still doing some painting to finish the house uh, on that particular day, six o'clock in the morning. We left Newcastle 10 years ago and I could honestly say we really haven't looked back since then and I don't say that in a negative way at all. But God, I think without exception, has planted us here in Shell Harbour and we are so thrilled. So over the, um, over the transition period, there was a three-month period of, of time where we would travel backwards and forwards. We would go from Newcastle to Shell Harbour and come and minister um, at the church here at the weekends. And uh, the first thing that captured my attention the first time that we came here on the walls there, there was a big sign that said community, um, community church. And that really captured my attention. I didn't know why at the time, but over the next three-month period, I started to understand why, because God gave us three scriptures that I want to share with you today that I believe were to typify to be the DNA of our local church here. And the first one that he gave us is out of Matthew chapter 5, verse 16, and it says this, uh, Let your light so shine before men that they might see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven, emphasizing the words there, good works. The second scripture that God gave us over that three-month transition was Acts chapter 10, verse 38. It says this, How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power, who went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil. Emphasizing again those words, they're doing good. 
Then the last verse of Scripture he gave us over that three-month period is in Isaiah chapter 59, verses 6 to 7. I'll share it with you this morning. It says, Is this not the fast that I have chosen, to loose the bonds of wickedness, to undo the heavy burdens, to let the oppressed go free, and that you break every yoke? Is it not to share your bread with the hungry, and that you bring to your house the poor who are cast out, when you see the naked, that you cover him and not hide yourself from your own flesh? They were the three verses that God gave us, and it was from these verses of Scripture that I felt, and I still do today, that our church was and is called to be a church that demonstrates the love of Jesus through our actions. And over the last 10 years, we've been committed to serving our local community here. Amen. And so this morning, it's my great joy just to overview um, and present to you just a few of the areas that we've been serving faithfully our local community. The first one is our food care ministry. That was established in 2009. And uh, in 2009, we started the food care with the aim of providing practical assistance to our local community. And today, many years on, we have supported thousands of families and individuals through our food care program. Listen to this. Every week, people are prayed for, people are loved, and people are cared for. And we estimate around 3,500 families come through the doors of our food care annually, and there are dozens of free care packs that are given away uh, on a weekly basis. Amen. This morning, I wanted to thank Karen and her volunteers for the amazing work that they do in food care every week from a Wednesday to a Friday. And I just want to start the clap this morning and say we love your work and all the team. They just do such an amazing work in the life of the church, and uh, congratulations to you as well. That's one of the ways that we serve our community. The second thing that we uh, were able to spearhead in 2014 was our CityServe uh, ministry. Um, CityServe is best described as a collaboration of church, community, and council uh, for the purpose of bringing transformation to our local community. Amen. We've been doing that now for the last... Um, three and a half, four years. Uh, today, we're so proud of the work of city serving our city, but the real driver for me personally this morning is the relational aspect that CityServe brings to our city. CityServe not only transforms our city, but it's a platform for relational unity across the life of the churches in Shell Harbor. Amen. Uh, we may not be able to agree on the way each of us prays or each of us worships, but even some of our um, doctrines, but we can all agree on the power of serving together as local churches. And we've been seeing that over the last three and a half years as well, making a huge difference uh, in our city as well. We've had ministers and congregational members from well over 25 churches working together to transform our city. Um, Anglicans, Baptists, Uniting Church people, Presbyterian church people, um, Pentecostal people. And when I think about the other ministers in our city now, three and a half, four years on, uh, I see the local ministers in our city as my brothers, not my competitors. <laughs> I really, really do. They are just, the, the ministers in, in this city are just beautiful men and women. Amen. And uh, we get on so, so well. So a big thank you this morning to Leanne. I'm not sure if Leanne is here, but Leanne and the team that do such an amazing job with CityServe just to help you as well. Um, our local church here uh, has been instrumental in establishing CityServe in Wollongong as well. So March the, 20, uh, excuse me, March the 17th is the uh, first CityServe project for Wollongong. Uh, and it's going to be at Coromel High School, amen. And our local church was able to spearhead that into 
um, uh, Wollongong as well. So, so thrilled about that too, amen? It's just awesome to see that happening there. So, the second thing is City Serve. The third area or the way that we are committed to serving our um, community is through our Sprouts Early Learning Centre. Um, at the moment, we're near the completion of the construction of a 66-place long-day care centre um, known as Sprouts Shell Harbour, and um, it's such a strategic uh, location. Uh, you will have the uh, Marina Boulevard that will be coming through here very, very shortly, and I don't know how many, many uh, hundreds, if not thousands of cars driving right past our doors every day, um, but that Sprouts, the the early learning centre was out of a, a, a business meeting that was held here in the church in 2009. I uh, met with what, what we uh, know as the Committee of Management. We had a meeting. David's husband's still a part of that this morning. He's at Fraser Island. God bless him with good weather. And um, we, uh, we had a business meeting. I remember walking out the doors and I had a vision of a daycare centre, a bright and colourful um, uh, child care center. It was just a flash vision and I said to them all that are there, David can testify anytime you want to ask him, that one day we will have a long day care center. It'll be bright, it'll be alive, it'll be for the community. And here we are nearly nine years on. Amen? No, you're not very excited. We, uh, some of the things in the early part of the journey with the daycare center is that we, uh, we discovered after um, um, being a year or two into um, wanting to um, begin the project, we discovered firstly that our zoning uh, wasn't applicable um, for a, a daycare centre. And just, just by chance, at the time, uh, Frank Zator, at that particular time, going back a number of years now, was doing a rezoning right across New South Wales. They were doing a standardisation of zoning. And so for $1,200 and a letter, uh, we got our land rezoned. Amen? How amazing was that? When we put our daycare centre... DA in, um, we put it into council, we got it back approved in four weeks' time. Four weeks, amazing, amen. Um, Ruth's going to come on up, come on up if you would, Ruth. Ruth is the director of Sprouts, just to help you, help you again. Uh, God never ceases to amaze me. I, five years ago, right, five years ago, um, we were talking about... Um, um, the daycare centre, and we were wanting to gather some more information um, to put um, more plans together. And um, I met with Ruth five years ago, it would have been, at least five, yeah. Um, sat in the office there, and she was helping us just with, with some of the understanding. I, I can't even remember what the conversation was about, but I remember at that time, after the meeting, this is what I said in myself, I thought she would be an amazing director. And here she is, wasn't even a part of our church, and here she is five, day, five years later. That does my head in. Love to hear from you, Ruth. All right. I've got a little slide as well that is coming up that Dee Kramer took some awesome pictures. So I get to see these pictures all the time. So I thought I'd like to share some of the pictures that I'm seeing. So I just thought I'd talk about our mission statement. Um, so the next slide has our mission statement. Okay, so for children to be nurtured, to grow and thrive, for families to be valued and supported in a caring Christian environment and to connect with and serve our community. So Craig Rochelle in his leadership um, podcast really recommends keep it simple, keep the mission pure and do it with excellence. So we wanted to just have three things that we're really um, focusing on that really partners well with the church vision. So 
We pick these three things and we're going to do it with excellence. So the next slide shows us the child. Okay, so very passionate about children and I know this church is as well. So I think when we look at the world and we um, look at what the world is saying about children and your identity, um, I think that there is such a need for us to say what God says about who we are well, God says who you are as a child. And so when I think of um, that, I think Isaiah 44, 22, it says, I am your creator. You were in my care even before you were born. And Psalm 139, 15, you know me inside and out. You know every bone in my body. You know exactly how I was made, bit by bit, how I was sculptured from nothing into something. And um, Ephesians 1, 4, long before he laid down earth's foundation, he had us in mind, had settled on us as the focus of his love. And the world says that you've come, you can, you're fluid in your gender, you can pretty much find your own strength within, you can find your own identity. But God says something completely different. He says that you were born with purpose, that every single child has a purpose over their life. And that's so different that we'll provide a place that speaks that into each child's life and we grow, we sprout a little seed of faith inside them. And that is just the beginning of the journey that they'll have for the rest of their life. And so I just think that alone, having these children walk through our doors Monday to Friday, is such a blessing that we can play that role in their life. So next is family. Okay, so again, we see with family, like it's so different with what the world's saying to what God says about family. And so we are a place that has Christian family and heritage. A lot of you had a Christian parent and you have that blessing of heritage passed down to you. And if you're a family that's been blessed with the foundation of God over your life, then you have that blessing generation after generation. The world doesn't have that. And so we have the opportunity to share what we have with others. And when I think about that, I think about James 2.14. And it says, What does it profit, my brethren? If someone says he has faith but does not have works, can faith save him? If a brother or sister is naked and um, destitute of daily food and one of you says to them, Depart in peace, be warmed and filled. But do not give them the things which are needed for the body. What does it profit? So we have blessing. We have God's blessing. We have God's love. We have God's community. If you heard Steve's sermon last week, he talked about how blessed we are to have this. But if we don't share this, then what good is it? If we're not sharing what we're blessed with and have God's foundation in our life and the love that overflows from us, then what good is it? So our faith, we we have our faith and now we get to overflow and we get to share with others. So we get to build families, we get to partner with families and we get to strengthen and serve families. Okay, so next one is our community, which we're already doing, as Shane just shared, but we get to partner with this church and we get to take, uh, we get to partner with our local community as well. And so we get to share light and we get, get to go into homes. And so... Um, Matthew 28:19 says therefore go and make disciples of all nations baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you and surely I am with you always to the very end of age and so when I think about 
that we're here for the community and that we're here to go and tell people about Jesus. We're sowing a seed in children. We're supporting families. We're allowing families to walk through the door of a church naturally Monday to Friday so that on a Sunday it's not such a big deal for them to walk into this um, place. And we're going out into the community and showing that we're a light here and we're connecting. We've already met with um, Rural Care and we're looking at ways that we can really connect with our children, our daycare in the local community. And so one last thing is I just ask that each one of you, we've got some foundational months to, we've just got a few more months before we open our doors. As a church, just pray for us. Pray for the families that will come to us and the children that will change lives and pray that as a church we can find ways that we partner and connect these visions. Awesome. Fantastic. Thank you, Ruth. I keep um, saying it, and I believe it's true, God must have some amazing plans in his heart for the families that are coming to Sprouts because you just look at the whole journey, the way it's come together, this has just been a God thing and um, just astound. Amen? So that's the third thing that we're doing to connect with our community. The, the fourth thing this morning is our Care Force Life Keys and, and, and Connect our ministry in the life of our church. We connected with Alan and Helen Myers a couple of years ago. And we just love the resources that they're, um, they're making um, available, um, courses around marriage, around parenting, um, around recovery, around finances. There are so many um, tools that they've put together. And this morning, it's my great joy to introduce um, Stephen and Robin this morning. Come on up, if you would, this morning as the, uh, the Care Force and Connect Group ministry leaders, and uh, they are quality people. And we just love them being on board today and uh, we just know as we continue to implement our Care Force Life Keys and see more people in the life of our um, small group ministry, it's going to be a great blessing. So guys, thank you. Awesome. How good is vision? It's like having a baby in you and it's so so exciting. Anyway, love it. It's really cool. Last week I was um, chatting to one of the beautiful ladies who's been in this church for a very long time and I was talking to her and I actually kind of said to her, I'm really new and I don't know that person's name, do you know that person's name? And they said, actually I don't. And she said, she goes, years back I knew everybody's name because the church was a lot smaller and now it's grown and it's so much bigger. And I kind of pondered that for a minute because I know that for some people that's a sticky point, that the church is so big. Um, and it's growing, and we don't know everybody, and how do we care for everybody? And I just want to challenge you that, or encourage you that there was a church that this happened to um, way back when, and it was the early church. And, and they were, there was a few disciples wandering around. There's a few people that were loving Jesus, and all of a sudden, God just kind of threw everything up in the air, and, and the Holy Spirit came and moved, and um, it said that people were being baptized, and on that day, 3,000 were added to their number. 3,000 people were saved. So all of a sudden, they had a little bit of a dilemma. How do we respond to our, you know, we know everybody and we love Jesus to now there's 3,000. And some of those 3,000 probably weren't pretty and some of them were probably a little bit dysfunctional and some of them probably didn't have it all together and some had opinions and some had high needs and how on earth do they care for them? Well, the Bible says this from Acts 2. I thought that's pretty cool. God gave me Acts 2 and you spoke of Acts 1 this morning, something in that. He said, those who accepted his message were baptized and about 3,000 were added to their number that day. The fellowship of the believers, they devoted themselves to the apostles, the teaching and to fellowship, to breaking of bread and to prayer. 
Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were together and they had one thing in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favour of all the people. They did life together. They met together in homes. I'm pretty sure they didn't have homes with 3,000 people in them. They probably had smaller homes with smaller groups of people. They edified each other. They built each other up. They prayed together. If they had need, whether they were sick or they you know, were running short of bread that week or whatever, they, they looked out for each other. They looked out for their community, for the people around them. They built each other up. They created healthy church in their homes with food, always with food. You can't go without food and fellowship. And this is what I love, the last bit that says this. It says, and the Lord added to their number daily those who are being saved. God is not interested in having a small church. He's not interested in locking the doors and keeping it little so we know everybody's name. He's interested in seeing people's lives saved and set free. He wants them to come to a healthy place. And the best way that we know to care for a big group of people is by making the big church, small church. And that's done through connect groups. That's why we have connect groups. It's so that nobody slips through the cracks. It's so that together we can pull our resources and look after um, the people in our lives. We recently had um, a friend's daughter pass away and straight away our, our small group activated and went, what do we do? What can we bring to them? We'll order new bins for them so they've got their rubbish taken out. We'll, you know, get our husbands to take the, the dad surfing. We'll, we'll do whatever. And, and that was done because we were able to just use our small group of people and their influence. So I just want to encourage you, if you're not in a small group yet, we're going to help to facilitate that to happen. It's so, it's so important. We don't want anybody lost. We don't want anybody slipping through the cracks. We want everybody to feel like they're part of the bigger picture. We want them to feel like we're creating something here. We're creating a healthy place for our Sprouts families to come into and get involved in and to connect into, regardless of what you look like, where you come from, what you can bring to the table. You're important in this place. And through Connect Groups, we want to um, enable that to happen. I don't think I need to add a whole lot to that, but just a couple of big picture um, things. I actually honestly believe that the healthier our life groups are, the healthier our church community is going to be, and therefore the healthier our broader community is going to be. And honestly, it simply just starts with, with each of us making a decision, saying, you know what, I want to be connected with a small group of people. And I actually think it's really important that we actually do that. Um, so, so important that we have some space throughout our week to just stop and pause and reflect and where have I come from where am I now and God what are you doing in the future and to actually encourage one another in that and and support one another in the highs and the lows and and what I've discovered over the years of being connected into a life group is you know what the lows aren't so low anymore because I have a group of people around me to support me and they, they're walking the journey out with me and the highs become so much higher because they're celebrating with me as well during the highs and so I really want to encourage you um, if you've never been connected into a life group, maybe just start this year. Give it 12 months and I, I guarantee you, you, you won't want to leave. Um, and so like Robin said, we're, we're really here to actually help facilitate that happen. We're here to help you guys with the life groups that you have. And so we're available to chat and talk to and where we're heading going. And, and we'll bring some more structure to that over the next um, few months or so. But um, yeah, I guess the big picture 
kind of thing I have. I just I, I touched on it last week, but I just really believe that our life groups are meant to be a place that are full of, is full of truth and is full of grace. Because when it's full, when our life groups are full of, of truth and we've got a space to come and we're surrounded by truth, um, what does the word say? The truth actually sets us free. And, and then the freer we are, the more we have to overflow into our community and the people around us. And I really believe that our life groups are meant to, meant to be a place of grace, where we're surrounded by grace, where you're free to just be you. With all, when we come to Christ, we don't have to have it all together. And I just believe our life groups are meant to be a place like that as well. Is a safe place, is a confidential place where you can, you know, share some of the highs and share some of the lows without knowing it's not going to get stuck on Facebook the moment you walk out the door. And so, you know, my prayer is that each of us would find a space, um, you, know, you know, with like-minded people and, you know, whether it's in the surf or wherever it is, it doesn't matter, where you're connecting with people and there's some intentionalness about it. Is that a word? It is now anyway. Intentionalness. Intentionalness about um, meeting together and just supporting one another in, in the journey that we're all on. Cool. Thanks, Shane. Thank you, mate. I just pray for you both, guys, if I could. Hallelujah. Amen. Heavenly Father, thank you today. Thank you for Steve and Robin, Lord. Thank you for their desire uh, to want to serve you in this capacity. I just pray today, Lord, for your anointing. Father, as they're being appointed today, I thank you that there's an anointing upon them right now to lead, to strategize, to hear your voice, Lord. I just thank you today. Give them great grace and great favor in this area. May the dreams that we have just, just flourish in this place. May this place be known as a point of connection. So I thank you for them today. I bless them and bless their family as we release them in this role in Jesus' name. Amen. Bless you both, guys. That's awesome. How good is that? Awesome. Um, Nelly had enough yet? A little bit more to go. <laughs> First thing with vision. Uh, the second area is establishing our evangelism team. Um, something we've wanted to see established for quite a while, seeing people with the gift of evangelism released. And, you know, at the moment, I said just before, there's a, a growing movement of people across the Illawarra that are so eager to reach out into their community. And uh, it's my great joy today to see our new evangelism team leader, uh, released into this role, prayed into this role. She's going to share a few thoughts this morning. Welcome, Kim, everyone, as she comes today. Our evangelism team leader, connecting with our community. Amen. There's a bit of a twinkle in my eye because I believe this is something that's so on God's heart and I get to be a part of it. And I think um, for a lot of people, if I'm not right, it, that evangelism, the word evangelism, it's a bit of a scary thing. Yeah? Hand up if you might be one of those people. Um, but I just want to put it to you that um, when we share... Jesus was someone, we're actually genuinely loving them, and um, we're genuinely loving God because we're loving and valuing what God values, the people that he died for. And when Jesus left the earth, he left us with a purpose, and the purpose was go out into the world and preach the gospel. That's our purpose. And so at the end of the last year, just like Shane was saying, there was just been a stirring in the hearts of people in this church. I was noticing it also online, a stirring in this area of reaching out and being intentional about reaching out. And we had over 30 people turn up when we had a meeting after the service called A Heart to Share Jesus. 
And at that meeting, we started talking and looking at the many ways that we already do reach out as a church through our food care, through city serve, through our youth, so many things I could go on and on. We've got scripture teachers, with people in the Gideons, we've got people going out into aged care. There's so much that we already do. People who love street evangelism, and we even have now our sprouts coming in. And so what we did is we talked about being even more intentional. We've been intentional. We want to be even more intentional in these places about actually sharing the gospel and seeing people saved. And we were looking at new ways because there's people, things in people's hearts. I believe that God's putting things in people's in hearts um, f- to, to evangelize. And so we asked everyone to go away and pray and to share ideas with us. And so we're very excited to share about some of the things we're going to be doing in 2018. And I used the word genuine before because I believe that what God wants us to do and the way he wants us to evangelize is to be genuine. Um, I think that's the culture of our church. We want to be genuine. And um, we are also wanting to be provide opportunities and training that help us to find ways to share Jesus in the different styles that relate to our personality, our interests, and all those sorts of things. And so one program, I'm just going to talk about one idea that we have in a program we're going to start this year, and it's called Alpha. Now, Alpha, I think a lot of people know what Alpha is, but I'll just quickly tell people what it is. Alpha is an eight-week time of meeting together with people who are not Christians, inviting people, and it allows them to come to a place where they can have an authentic and an unforced conversation about what is the purpose of life. And Alpha, I love the values of Alpha. I was looking, revisiting the values of Alpha. Alpha has three values, core values. One is being real. Number two is relying on the Holy Spirit. And the third one is being relational. And I just thought that fits so well with so many of the people that I know in this church. Those are the things that they are. They're real. They rely on the Holy Spirit and they're relational. I thought this fits for us. Um, Yeah, and so um, Alpha's been used by 29 million people over the many years and it was recently refilmed, which is exciting. So it's relevant for this generation. And so many people in this church have taken part in Alpha or led Alpha, and some have been saved. Who's been saved through Alpha in this church? A few people. One person there. I think I was talking to some. Yep. There's people over there who have been saved through Alpha. It's pretty cool that here they are now serving in our church, leadership in our church, and through Alpha. That's so cool. Um, Yeah, so Alpha will challenge us to grow and to reach out and to embrace non-Christians and train us on how to share our faith naturally. Um, It's also a great place for Christians to be refreshed and reminded of our foundations and our faith. And also it helps us to realize and be refreshed once again about the amazing good news we have. It just helps us to think, wow, we have the most incredible news for people. So Alpha will be a big step for our church towards being more intentional and reaching out. And it's going to begin in term two. So we're giving us some time to get ready for it. And we're going to have a training day on Saturday, March 24th for people who are interested. But I just feel like it would be, an, I, I know I'm a big thinker, but I feel like it'd be beneficial for everybody. It doesn't matter how young you are, how old you are, to think about coming along to this, just to this training day, whether you're part of Alpha or not. Because, um, yeah, we're hoping to run Alpha in a big way for the first time we do it so that everybody can capture the vision, be trained, and who knows what other evangelistic ideas and things that will come out of that once we start, once we start. So, I, yeah, I see big. I want everyone there, but I know everybody's got their thing, but I want you to consider it. Um, and, yeah, I believe that even after we've done it once big, we can take it into our connect groups. We've learned how to do it, and we can use it more and more to reach out to people. So Alpha, though, is just one of the new ideas that we have about reaching out. So if you want to hear about more 
and you have other ideas that are burning in your heart, we want you to bring them. And we're having a, a meeting, just so we had that meeting at the end of last year. We're having another one two weeks' time after the Sunday morning service. It's called A Heart to Share Jesus Once Again. So come along to that. We'll talk about more, pray, and just be a part of it, That like be a core part of it if you'd like to find out more about that. And so I just want to finish by saying I just feel so excited about working together with the people in this church because I honestly think there's amazing, there's talented people, there's genuine Christians, passionate people, and I just think how much fun is it when we get together and we work on a project that's on God's heart. And so I'm so excited about it. I really want to invite you to be a part of it. And um, I was just thinking too about that scripture where it says, the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. And so I just want to be one of those laborers that step up, step up to what Jesus said. And, um, and I think it's going to be a privilege to genuinely love people and to let Jesus use us to change lives. So come along and be a part. Amen. This, uh, if I could just start, I, I will pray for you, Kim, as well. We could do that. Um, it's not a dead church, is it? <laughs> In fact, it was crazy on Tuesday, uh, uh, Thursday. Everywhere I went, there were excited people. In the office, they were excited. In the foyer, they were excited. In the food care, they were excited. In the daycare centre, they were excited. I mean, everyone's just excited. And you know, maybe if you're not, maybe you need to get involved. Just saying. Let's pray for you this morning. Heavenly Father, we thank you for Kim. We thank you for the dreams and the visions that you've placed within her, the gifting and the skill set. Today, Lord, as she puts her hand up to serve in this capacity, we thank you for your anointing upon her life to lead, to gather, to inspire. May she be a catalyst for a move of your Holy Spirit that sees hundreds and hundreds of people wander faith through this church, through the vision that you're giving to us, Lord. So I just pray you bless her today in her role as um, um, evangelism team leader. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Bless you. Thanks, Kim. Thank you. Fantastic. Just the last, um, last part, if I could. If I could just ask the, the, the team to come, the band to come. Last part um, of, of our, our, our vision is, is um, ministering to those beyond our, beyond our own community. And um, uh, just within three hours of our shores, uh, there's an island nation known as Vanuatu. And uh, in Vanuatu, you will meet um, as poor people as you will meet anywhere. You could travel to India and travel to the other parts of the globe where there's great poverty. And in Vanuatu, within three hours of our shores, you, you're going to meet some of the poorest people of the world as well. And so we're involved in Vanuatu. Um, last year, our church was involved in building a community market in the poorest area of Vila. And uh, a team of people went over there um, to build that just in this last year. Um, that was the church building. Uh, yeah, that's the community market in a suburb of Vila. A team of people went over there and built that community market for them right in the center of the, uh, the slum area. Just go back to that other slide, if you would. Just go back one. That there is a team of people that also went from the church here as well. And a couple of other people from New South Wales went to Tanner Island. Tanner's south of Vila. Um, Tanner's a very impoverished island as well. Uh, but the cyclone in 2015 knocked down a lot of church structures. And so the team went over there uh, to Tanner Island um, last year as well and rebuilt that church. Um, Rachel and I were at the conference for that church in uh, September last year. We preached under that um, structure there and uh, just a beautiful church community. Amen. And are they thrilled about the partnership? They certainly are. 
Uh, last year as well, we were responsible for sending two teams to, to the north to encourage the churches. And as I said before, we had the great opportunity of running um, the Southern Conference last year. Our church, out of the giving, out of um, um, your giving, uh, the church's giving, um, supports the missions in Vanuatu. But we also support this gentleman as well, uh, Pastor Bruce Hills who will be here uh, next weekend. Uh, Bruce is the, is, the, is, the national, excuse me, is the international president for World Outreach. What does World Outreach do? World Outreach is an organization and ministry that is committed to training uh, the least reached Christian leaders across the globe. They go into many places that we would not even want to go. Bruce in particular goes. But Bruce, as of last year, was made the international director. And every month our church, church supports him finally as well. Amen. Time, we haven't got time to, to talk about all the, uh, the vision in our youth, in our young adults, in our children's team, in our worship team. Like I said before, there are so many people that are so excited. But I wanted to finish this morning on reflecting again on the words of this song. If I could have that second last screen up, that would be great. Uh, the one before you are too fast. Go back again. That'd be great. Um, I highlight this because I believe what's on that screen there is, is relevant to us sitting in this room right now. Uh, that was near the completion of the re renovation. Uh, it was a screenshot, a photo that was taken, but have a look at the words of the song that we were singing back then. Next screen, thanks. This, these were the words. It says this, I'm building your house for all generations. I'm building your house with an expectation. We will see your glory fall in this house of miracles as we stand together. They were the words of the song that we sung and that, that photo was taken with, with no intention that 10 years on we'd be reflecting on the power of those words this morning. Amen? I'm building your house with an expectation. I'm building your house for the next generation. We together in this house of miracles, we, we're starting to see some miracles starting to bubble up. But there's more. Amen? There's so many more miracles, so many more supernatural things that God wants to do. God wants to use us. But the question that I want to finish with this morning for each one of us today, and the question is this, what is it that you can do to build his house? Amen? What is it that you can do to build his house? Could we stand to our feet this morning as we conclude together?